Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Unending Rebuild. Uh, super happy to be back to bring you another episode. Today, we are covering uh, the last division of the NFC. We are going to be covering the NFC West, so the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Some good teams there, some interesting situations that we'll have to cover. Uh, and a lot of teams in transition there, it feels like. Either average teams becoming good or formerly good teams becoming not so good. So we're going to discuss all of that with you today. And joining me, as always, are Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys, say what is up. What's up, guys? I'm uh, happy to be back here for another Unending Rebuild show. Um, this is going to be a fun division. Um, a lot, like Kai said, a lot in flux in this division. Um, and there's there's a lot of drama, honestly. Like, the Niners are the favorite to probably come out of this division, but we don't even know who their quarterback is. Uh, the Seahawks are building their second version of the Legion of Boom and then just drafted... Uh, the podcast's favorite rookie wide receiver. And then my favorite sleeper wide receiver is also in this division. So we'll get to talking about that as well. So uh, um, pass it on over to Perlman. What's up, guys? Uh, Jared here. Yeah, happy to be back. I like this division. The NFC West is a fun division. There's a lot of really good it's offensive division of shootouts. Yeah, a lot of really good offensive players in this division. So it's just fun, especially for fantasy I enjoy like like a lot of these teams, a lot of these players. So I'm happy we get to talk about them and we'll dive right into it. Let's do it. With that, we will get right into it. And I think we'll get started here with probably the worst team in the division. We got the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and they are definitely a team in flux. Got a new head coach coming in, Jonathan Gannon, and their new offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing. Uh, you know, they fired Cliff Kingsbury in the offseason. That was a big thing. They cut DeAndre Hopkins, which was a massive thing. And, of course, Kyler Murray is still coming back from that torn ACL. So I think there's a lot of questions here at the Cardinals, like what direction are they heading in? Do we really think that they're going to be as bad as people say? As we know, we have their own pick this year and the Texans pick that they acquired at the draft. Um, and th there's, a, there's a lot of interesting pieces here. Like there's some guys that you feel like could have some strong relevancy and then other people that could – uh, emerge and who knows when Kyler comes back. So a lot of a lot of open questions here coming out from the Cardinals. Uh, Josh, I'll move on over to you first to give us your opening thoughts uh, about the Cardinals and what the hell is going on over there. I don't know what the hell is going on uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona, but I'm a little bit more optimistic on the Cardinals than uh, the general market sentiment for uh, the Cardinals. Um, I expect Kyler Murray to probably miss like the first six weeks, probably get placed in the pup. Um, but I'd be surprised if he misses more than half the season. Um, just, I, I remember seeing clips like from, it's what June now from like two or three months ago, he, him like squatting like 250 pounds already. Um, it wasn't obviously not like moving around a ton, but uh, it looked like he was moving pretty smooth uh, for someone coming off the 20 ACL. So I have a little bit of hope for Kyler Murray to return uh, a little bit sooner than usual. Um, but still, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be very good. Uh, this offense, uh, well, the first six weeks, they're going to roll out who? Clayton Toon. I think Colt McCoy is still rehabbing from an injury himself. So it's probably going to be Clayton Toon. I didn't watch any Clayton Toon film. Uh, I don't know anything about him. I think he's the kid from Houston. Um, and looking at his stats, like he did put up a bunch of uh, passing yards, but every single Houston quarterback has done that in the past. I mean, Freaking Case Keenum like has the 
uh, FBS record for passing yards and threw like 60 touchdowns in a season over at Houston. So um, I don't think that there's too much uh, to say about that. But one guy that I am like very intrigued by in this Cardinals offense is James Conner. For those that don't know, in games without Kyler Murray, sample size of eight, James Conner is the fantasy RB1 in those games. And they have been talking to all of the offensive linemen down in Arizona, and they're all super excited for the offense because they all say how run-heavy this offense is going to be. I think that kind of speaks to James Conner's rushing ability. And I'm also intrigued by some of the the next two guys up. I mean, there's Keontae Ingram. Um, Did they draft anyone? I don't think that they did. But I'm I'm intrigued by Keontae Ingram um, down in Arizona. Ooh, who's their Who's their third guy? They got Corey Clement and Tyson Williams. Apparently, don't forget my guy, Amari Di Mercado. That's true. <laughs> oh, he's that always with Arizona. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Amari Di Mercado. Um, there's Andre Miller's back up at TCU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tested well, man. He tested well. He looked pretty good at TCU. He did well in some of their big games at the end. There, I, I don't know. It just the backup running backs are so underwhelming that you know you just got to think that. If you got a deep bench, deep taxi, definitely worth a pickup just because of his measurements, his minimal production when given a chance, and just it's wide open. I mean, Keontae Ingram was, I think, great last year. Corey Clement, we know who he is. Tyson Williams has bounced around after being relevant for like a couple weeks. But I don't know, just a free little free little hit to go out there. Josh, go ahead and keep going. Yeah, I mean, James Conner isn't the perfect bill of health at running back either. Um, so there's definitely going to be some, some fantasy points to go around in this backfield. Um, and especially if this team just stays committed to the run, uh, they're probably going to be playing from behind a lot as well. So, um, if Connor Ingram or Imari can emerge as a decent pass catching option, there's definitely points to come by. Um, especially if they're going to just going to be like dumping it off since I don't really know how this receiving room is going to look. I know they drafted who Michael Wilson, uh, who I I'm intrigued by since he's kind of the only big body on that offense. I think he's going to get some, a decent amount of playing time as a rookie. Um, so he, he's definitely uh, interesting promo. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Mike Wilson a bit. Uh, I did draft him in a couple leagues. Uh, he, w- he was, you know, a bit intriguing um, watching his tape at Stanford, but he just never played. He was always hurt. And that, you know, that doesn't really bode well, I think for, his future coming into the league, unfortunately, just getting injuries like basically every single year. Um, and but I actually, you know, I do think they have a fairly decent core still of wide receivers left. Uh, Hollywood Brown was on pace to be a top five wide receiver uh, through the first six weeks of the season before D Hop came back, and he was still really effective with D Hop on the field. But I think he's going to be a target monster for whoever starts at quarterback. If it's Colt McCoy, Clayton Tune. Uh, whoever we'll see, but uh, Colt McCoy, I think could still support Hollywood just fine. And, and there's still a possibility that Clayton could as well. Uh, And I absolutely echo with James Conner. I wish he was just a little bit of a healthier back and I'd, I'd be full in on James Conner all in because yeah, they, they've historically loved to just pound the rock, but uh, and like use one soul back, but I don't know how that's going to, with Jonathan Gannon now coming over from the Eagles, a defensive head coach. I do think he's going to want to run the ball, but maybe he uses more of a committee approach like we've seen in the past in Philadelphia. Maybe those backups, like you said, uh, Keontae Ingram, maybe 
Imari, Di Mercado, like maybe those guys actually get played during games where James Conner still is active as well because, uh, you know, he shouldn't be out there like 98% of the snaps. Um, so I, I do think there is a chance that there's some fantasy relevance here with the Cardinals. I like where uh, some of these guys are going in redraft this year, and I don't mind going to take a shot at, on these guys because especially Kyler. I mean, Kyler's fallen now at the late second round in startups, and uh, he's a top five quarterback when healthy if for fantasy. He, he's extremely effective. It is scary uh, coming off a big injury, but I mean, Kyler was so effective as a passer and a runner, and he's still under contract for like four more years, a huge contract. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why anyone should shy away from Kyler because of this injury either. Um, obviously, you know, height and weight is scary, but he already proved he could do it. So I love me some Kyler. Uh, I think like really everybody on the offense could be a buy really because they are so depressed in value uh, because everybody thinks the team is going to be so bad. I'm bummed because y'all took all my takes. Um, I completely agree that like people are just completely undervaluing the Cardinals. Um, I mean, first and foremost, like the frustration that's Cliff Kingsbury is gone and Kyler Murray didn't die, you know, like he's going to be back. Like, even if it's not this year, he's going to be back. Um, and you, you think he probably missed the first half of the year. And I just think there's so much opportunity to really go around. I've already touched on the, on the, uh, running back. So I'm not going to elaborate too much more on that besides, uh, just look into Amari DiMercato. If you haven't heard that name before, um, you know, I, another, another room I'm interested by is the tight ends. You know, I mean, Trey McBride was the highest drafted tight ends last year and he didn't really show out that much last year, especially with some guys like Dolchich, uh, Okonkwo, Auten, uh, Bellinger, other rookies that did a bit better, given a bit more time. But, I mean, he's still a highly drafted tight end, and tight ends never really do much their rookie year. Last year was a bit of an anomaly in that regard. Some guys thrust in the starting positions. So I think it's a good buy-low period on Trey McBride. If you want to, like, send out, like, your wide receiver, like, six or seven and go get Trey McBride or something like that, toss it out there, see what happens. Also, Zach Ertz, another guy who tore his ACL. Zach Ertz was balling last year up until he got hurt. There's a good chance that he comes back toward the end of next year and can be like a nice little backup tight end for you with dirt cheap price, like really, really cheap. Uh, and Zach Ertz has produced throughout his career. Um, and back to the quarterbacks a little bit, I just want to touch a little bit more on Clayton Toon. Uh, I really think there's a good chance that Clayton Toon gets some starts at quarterback this year. Uh especially ahead of Colt McCoy who's coming off neck surgery. And of course with Kyler being hurt, but also because tune kind of fits the system that you would expect Kyler to run a bit better than Colt McCoy does. Cause one, I mean, first uh, Clayton tunes, very experienced started five years, I think at Houston, uh, which I think says something, you know, I mean, people say it's like the Brock Purdy method nowadays because Purdy was just so experienced that, you know, you kind of just plug him in and ask him to do the basic things. And he's able to do that because of his experience um, just really being the tool through which a system runs. But also with Toon, he's really athletic. He had the second highest RAS in this draft for quarterback at 9.8 um, behind Anthony Richardson, which really isn't saying all that much. Decent size, 6'2", 220, and he ran a 4'6", 40. I mean, and he even had like a 38-inch vertical. This dude's an athlete as well. So he's got that five-year experience. He's got the athleticism, and he's dirt cheap. You haven't had your rookie draft yet. I mean, I remember I got him at like four oh five, and that, and I think he's projected to go undrafted. Um, I'm sure now his value has changed a little bit as the 
as the situation becomes more clear at the Cardinals uh, quarterback room. But, you know, even if you like a fourth, getting a fourth round pick uh, who's a quarterback, decently athletic and has a really good chance of getting starts is like a really good bet that I'll take every time because uh, like, I mean, even think about a guy like last year, like Bailey Zappi, when Bailey Zappi played a couple games, all of a sudden and he looked just basic implementing like a basic system. All of a sudden he had value and you could flip him for a third and you probably picked him up as a free agent and you profited. It's the exact same situation here. I'm not saying Clayton Toon's ever going to be like a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he has that added plus of the athleticism where you could get him for dirt cheap and then flip him once he has a couple games when people are like, oh, this guy doesn't look like a complete idiot as an NFL quarterback. So I'm high on Toon for that reason. Um, It it, it just, it seems like a really good situation for him to be able to excel in. Uh, And also just like a long-term backup to Kyler, that Kyler, that Kyler owner is going to be worried as hell that Kyler is going to get hurt again because of his style of play. And I bet you can give the nervous Kyler owner Clayton tune once he starts a couple games or something like that for like a third round pick and profit immediately. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good decision to prioritize Clayton tune in the fourth round um, because you can get a few starts out of him, especially the Kyler owner. Like you said, I do want to go back and touch on Trey McBride. I think it, like you, you definitely were right. That's a, it's a huge buy window. Um, Zach Ertz tore his ACL and his MCL. Um, so like <laughs> he's getting up there. I think he's like 32 or 33 now. And he's 33. Dirt cheap. Dirt 33. Cheap, <laughs> I mean, no, like Zach Ertz produces, but how, you know, how well is he going to come back? How long is it going to take him to come back? And Trey McBride was the highest drafted tight end. Like you said, this is like people forget you know, about tight ends all the time. So you can probably get him extremely cheap. You know, I feel like he's basically an afterthought, especially on a bad offense. So uh, I think that's a good point too. And I, yeah, bet kinda... the, I bet just one quick thing. I just bet that the Trey McBride owners pissed too, that like that he got the highest drafted tight end and all, but like all of these other guys outperformed him uh, and are probably valued higher than him now. So they're probably just like ready to cut their losses potentially. One lasting thought on Trey McBride. Um, Trey McBride in week 17, so the championship week for fantasy last year. Um, he had a 95% snap share, 26% target share, took 20 points. Um, so he was a tight end one uh, in uh, when it counted. Um, Trey McBride. winner right there. Um, and like you guys said, super undervalued. He had a 99th percentile college dominator, uh, was basically the wide receiver one for his offense in college. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely someone that I'm looking to acquire um, and someone who should be pretty decent this year. So I'm, look, I'm excited for Jeremy Bright this year, drafting a decent amount of him in best ball. And we talked about, too, about how Hopkins is gone, obviously, and they don't really have any big guys besides Michael Wilson. Trey McBride could also uh, fill that role, too. Uh, he's got the athleticism for it. He's 6'4", 260. I mean, geez, um, could be a good jump ball guy for them uh, as needed. Uh, but, yeah, any last thoughts on the Cardinals before uh, we move on to the next team? Really interesting situation there. Um, I'm glad we all agree that that's a good buy low opportunity um, there in Arizona. Um, all right, let's get to our next team. We're going to go to the L.A. Rams. So, uh, obviously, this is a uh, Sean McVay team. We know what kind of system the Rams are going to run. It's going to be throw it to Cooper Cup. Um, but, yeah, the, the Rams are just 
seemingly in decline with some questions behind Stafford's help, uh, health, excuse me. Um, and really just not much else. Not a big inspiring group over there. Uh, I don't really have any initial thoughts, honestly. I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. It just looks kind of gross behind Cup, really. Um, but Jared, you go ahead. Tell me your opening thoughts uh, about the Rams. Yeah, so the Rams did at least take a center in the draft this year with their first pick in the second round from TCU. Um, so hopefully their offensive line gets a little bit better. Uh, they uh, took at least another, I think, one or two more offensive line prospects uh, later in the draft as well. So they definitely know their weakness, and I think they're trying to fix it. Um, but I, I do think this offense could be another kind of sleeper offense that people are kind of forgetting about. Uh, Matthew Stafford, like two years ago, was a top five quarterback. He is an extremely efficient thrower of the football. He is a very accurate quarterback. He won a Super Bowl just like three years ago, something like that. Uh, and and here we are pretending like there's basically no value on the Rams outside of Cooper Cup. I mean, I think we do understand Cooper Cup is going to be dominant, but uh, Cam Akers was extremely good down the stretch last year. Could have been a league winner for a lot of you guys, I think, out there. Um, and he's still really young and people are kind of discounting him as well, I think. Um, I, I think as like really the whole offense has kind of shown they can produce fairly well. Tyler Higby, uh, for a couple years was a, a name that was sought after. I think Van Jefferson, uh, given a, a bit more opportunity has shown that, you know, he can play football. He's not the best scorer of fantasy points, but he was averaging about 10 points a week, a, a solid player. Um, I, I, I think that a guy like Puka Nakua coming in there could play a Robert Woods role out uh, opposite of, of Cooper Cup. Um, I know they have Ben Skronik now, who actually was, you know, a little bit interesting to watch. He he played physically and aggressively. I, I liked watching him play, but Puka Nakua kind of he was that check down guy, that yak receiver, the the quick underneath, you know, go turn up field, put your head down and get that first down kind of player that Robert Woods was really effective as uh, at, in L.A. So um, I, I've been looking at Puka in my fourth rounds. Um, I think that there's there could be immediate value uh, depending on the role he gets. Uh, if Van Jefferson is ready to step back out there in week one. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't see, you know, we haven't seen much out of Tutu Atwell. Uh, I, I'm not sure he's going to have that a prominent role. They have Demarcus Robinson, uh, who had his like best year of his career, something out last year, but I don't think that's happening again. Um, but I like, I like the Rams as another by low team. I think Cam Akers, uh, is a very interesting, uh, like young player who's very, who is very talented coming out and showed it last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're they're an interesting team as well. I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to focus on the Puka Nakua thing because I'm uh, I'm very excited for Puka Nakua in this offense. Um, that, like you guys said, the wide receiver room is completely empty. Uh, it's Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and then I don't know who else they have over there. Tutu Atwell, I mean, uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, it's, it's pretty empty. It's a pretty de empty depth chart. Um, and the reports out of OTAs is they're using Puka Nakua all over the field. 
they're basically using him the same way the Niners use Debo Samuel. Um, uh, they're using him in jet sweeps. They're using him right at the line of scrimmage. Just get him the ball and ma- let him make plays uh, because Puka Nakua was a beast in college um, at taking those screens to the house. Um, if you haven't watched his film before, he's his film's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he had some of the highest yards per route run in the entire class. I think it was like 3.5 against zone. He's, he's, he's a monster uh, when, when he has the ball in his hands. Um, and he got high praise from Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup basically said, like, this like this kid came in, like, he's asking all the right questions. He's working hard. Um, so it's great that uh, he's getting praise from another dude who works his absolute ass off. Um, so I'm excited for Cooper Cup, excited for Puka Nakua. Also excited for Van Jefferson. Um, Van Jefferson is getting a lot of praise from the uh, from the staff, and it sounds like that they're all expecting him to take a pretty decent step in his development. Uh, his breakout year, his third year breakout last year was kind of uh, hindered by injuries, um, but I think that the entire organization believes that he can take that next step this year. Uh, and I kind of expect this entire Rams offense to be a lot better than it was last year. Uh, Matthew Stafford is going to be healthy. That's going to be a huge change to the entire uh, offensive dynamic especially if Stafford can make the throws that he's capable of. Um, and then like Cam Akers, uh, I think Cam Akers is a, he's a solid player. Um, they signed Sony Michelle today. Um, I don't think that really says anything. Oh yeah. That's a depth piece. <laughs> I can't believe Sony's the first like uh, major signing. At the running back <laughs> is it a, ma- is it a major signing? Major signing. They could have signed Zeke. They could have signed Benny. They said, give me some Sony Michelle. Hey, they've Stoney's been there before. He he won the Super Bowl there with them. <laughs> he was a dog. I got some feeling that like Sony Michelle is gonna have one week this year where he's just like he goes like twenty five for ninety and like three touchdowns just just because for old time's sake. <laughs> but my my thoughts on this team are just I don't know. I think I think they gotta start thinking they should blow it up here. Um, it's Sean McVay, though. Like I know, that's, I feel that's like the office is going to be good. It's going to. I think they're going to be good, at least offensively. Yeah. It, it really. Is, they're going to be. They're going to be. This terrible. sounds like a cop out answer, but it really just depends on how healthy Stafford is. I mean, that, that's really all it is. They've done okay before with Cup as the only like notable receiver. I think Van Jefferson's a solid player. I share the Puka Nakua love. He's got some metrics that are in his favor as being like a uh, a potential late round wide receiver that works out. And good old Ben Skoranek is still there. Uh, love him. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of tight ends, though, I think Tyler Higby's another good buy. Um, I mean, he always produces. They love to pepper him the ball. There's really not that many other people to to throw to, and especially in a PPR league, he's going to put up good numbers. So he looks uh, enough like Cooper Cup out there that Stafford gets confused. He, and he, just gets, he confused. gets peppered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so every now and then that luck works out in his favor and um yes yeah, so i think i think uh higby's a good buy there and the running back room i mean man we were so down on cam Akers last year and then sean McVay just like continued to force feed him the ball until like until like it worked out which he is just such a bummer trade, right at one point yeah early in the he year, requested like, a trade like, he stepped away from the team and yeah. then he came back on full force and he balled <laughs> Sean McVay said, fuck the unending rebuild guys. Like, even though this guy's giving me every reason to cut his ass, we are keeping him on the team and then just going to give him the ball even more. Uh, Calvin but yeah, the, beyond, behind him, <laughs> <laughs> behind him, I don't, man, kind of gross. 
I guess maybe Kyron Williams is the guy. We didn't really like Zach Evans, but it's a pretty good landing spot for him. It's frankly. Sony Michelle. It's Sony Michelle season. <laughs> Might just be Sony <laughs> Michelle season now. So I did. Yeah. I didn't hit, not hate the Zach Evans landing spot, but them going out signing Sony Michelle this early is not a good sign. It's not really not. And Stetson Bennett's an interesting one too. I guess we'll throw his name out there. Yeah, he's been getting the camp love. If they blew it up, he'd be the starter. Yeah, he's going pretty early, it feels like. Yeah. I guess he was one of the earlier quarterbacks drafted as well. I think he's, like, feeling some of the love. And I think him and, like, 15 other quarterbacks that got drafted in the fifth Mm -hmm. round are feeling some of the Brock Purdy. Like, Brock Purdy got everyone a bag, honestly. Um, Because everyone thinks they can replicate it. But, I mean, mean, Stetson Bennett's a gamer. I mean, he's got athleticism. I'm sure – I'm not sure. But I have have confidence that if given the keys to the offense – that Sean McVay's running McVay is smart enough to put him in a position where he'd be able just to like plug and play and be solid from a fantasy perspective. If he doesn't get lit up or something like that, or uh, unless he's busy trying to finish up his college classes. Um, he looks so and- small, uh, uh, like in his pictures, like in the rookie days and around the other rookies and stuff like Stetson looks like real, real tiny. His arms look small. Yeah. Like he looks like kid. <laughs> he's bulk up. Need to get big. He does kind of look like a child. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But um, I agree. I mean, he could maybe, maybe not this year, but he could possibly be a future, you know, playable starter. I could see it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, um. All right. Any other thoughts on the Rams before we move on? Nah. All right. Let's do it. Next, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they got Pete Carroll back there. I remember last year and talking about the Seahawks preseason. I kind of was shitting on what they were doing with drafting Kenneth Walker, and like I was like, don't they know they're not going to be good? But uh, that's why I'm not an NFL coach. Uh, their offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. Uh, we know what the Pete Carroll system is. Likes to run the ball and then uh, be really good at getting quarterbacks in good situations, as we saw at Geno this year. Um, I think this is a, the best offense we've talked about so far. I think that's pretty easy to say. Um, you know, it all depends on how Geno is able to replicate his last year. Um, for some reason, they drafted uh, Zach Charbonnet, uh, which honestly, I wouldn't be too shocked if he has a significant role this year. Uh, they drafted him in the second round for a reason. And then, of course, everyone's favorite rookie wide receiver, the future Hall of Famer himself, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, was drafted there to be the wide receiver three. Now that's an introduction, a proper introduction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the... The Seahawks, I think they, they seem like they think they're going to be good this year, um, which is fair. You know, they were pretty good last year. And they've added to the skill uh, skill position uh, uh, collection that they have. And typically that's a sign that a team thinks that, hey, you know what, we're going to be pretty good this year. We can get these luxury picks here. Uh, so, Josh, uh, get us started here with your Seahawks takes. Uh, what do you think? Um, I really like the Seahawks this year. Um I think they're going to be a very, very good team. Um, I think everyone was doubting them last year, and they were just building. They kept their nose to the ground. They played great football, um, and I think they're just going to continue on that momentum. They added probably the best wide receiver in this entire draft class in Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, He might be the most talented wide receiver in that receiving room now, Uh, and I kind of like JSN to – be kind of the lead target guy in the second half of the season. Um, 
Uh, maybe that's getting ahead of myself, but I think that this offense is going to look to throw the ball a lot more this year than they have in years past. I know Pete Carroll's offense for the longest time has been run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But last year was actually the most pass attempts in Pete Carroll's entire um, coaching tenure with Seattle. Um, they threw the ball 573 times, and I expect that to only go up. Um, he realized what he had in Geno, dude. He realized what he had. Yeah, like new quarterback. He was like, "Yeah, Gino's a dog. I, I was being limited by Russell Wilson. We got exactly. Gino Smith now. Exactly. My man's a baller. Hey, yes, Russell Wilson sir. was a third round pick. Gino Smith is a second. He has the draft capital. <laughs> the draft capital it means everything. <laughs> but um, I, I, I really like Gino Smith this year. Uh, I think he's going to continue in his development. Uh, and even though the Niners are the favorite, I like the Seahawks to win this division. Um, them drafting Devin Witherspoon just really just solidified their entire, just like they're back to the Legion of Boom. Devin Witherspoon and Tariq Wallen on the outside, that's crazy. The, those two corners are just absolute straps. Um, they still have a great front seven. I'm I'm betting on the Seahawks team to win the NFC West uh, and this Seahawks offense just be an absolute behemoth. Um, all three of their wide receivers are going to put up Pro Bowl caliber seasons. Um, I'm really excited for, for this, this Seahawks team. This is my favorite team in the nfc this year what do you think guys or perlman dude uh getting like being able to have all these first first round picks trading russ like what a game changer for the franchise they were looking down and just two years later i mean even last year they were they were really good honestly like out of nowhere but two years later they're looking like the division you know leaders obviously they're not the favorites yet but i i agree with you i'm right there i think the seahawks could easily and should win this division i i think their offense can be potent at all levels of the game uh three all-star caliber receivers and two very good running backs getting zach charbonnet as a backup to kenneth walker that's a really good one-two punch and geno smith showed last year that He's extremely accurate. He was extremely efficient with the football, uh, and it was fun, really fun to watch the game, uh, to watch him play last year. Um, I, he he also, you know, did a little bit of running. He had almost 400 yards on the ground last year uh, on 70 attempts. So he was a, a good fantasy quarterback as well, QB five, and now is still being valued at like around like QB 14 to 16. You know, in a lot of these drafts right now. So. I think Geno Smith is a, is a great buy, even though he's uh, 32 years old. Um, I, I really like this offense. I think it could produce massive numbers. Uh, I, I can't obviously stop talking about JSN. I just wanted to read everyone my exposure numbers because I love them. I love him so much. He's my number one drafted player in both DraftKings and Underdog. I have 43% and 77% in my 26 drafts uh, on on uh, DraftKings. I am super exposed on my DraftKings. Jackson Smith and Jake were like seventh round draft pick. I just can't stop drafting him. He's definitely outperformed that in PPR. You said, uh, Josh, I completely agree. Second half of the year, for sure, he's leading the, the team in targets and receptions. He's just going to be an underneath threat and wide open every every play. And he's a yak guy, too. He can he can take it. He's a threat to take that to the house on any play as well. Um, but don't let that stop you from drafting uh, Tyler Lockett, who's also a super good value. Uh, DK, like I said, I think he's always a little bit overvalued, but he does feel like he's falling a little bit more in, in drafts right now. So. Uh, not shying too far away from DK as well. I think the whole offense is just a buy. 
it's going to be a really fun team, really potent offense. And I think everybody is going to be able to get their share. Honestly, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the running backs don't quite pan out, but I think there's going to be enough touchdowns to go around. I think it's going to be a really good offense. They have two teams that they may be able to beat up on in their division. And then a real, another team with a really good offense in the 49ers that, uh, you know, they may end up going head to head and, and, putting up some numbers against each other. So I think a lot of those division games could end up being high scoring from their offense as well. A lot of fantasy points potential. I love the Seahawks this year for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, the offense is going to be really good this year. Um, I think I agree with you about DK. We've talked about this before uh, about how he just seems overvalued. Um, hasn't really produced to where the hype is. And now age is starting to creep toward the wrong uh, side of things. And, Honestly, I think if the dude just didn't look the way he did, he'd probably be like wide receiver 20. Um, and that just goes to the silliness of people's perceptions of players sometimes. Uh, but yeah, and I think the only thing I really want to add about this offense is uh, another goodbye would be Noah Fant. Um, we've talked about him before. Just an athletic tight end first round pick. I mean, it, he's done it before. It's not really the best offense for him. He's going to be a free agent after this year. So definitely worth some consideration. And, yeah, don't really have too much else to add. Uh, I think the Seahawks are pretty straightforward. It seems like they have, like, their, like, studs. And then after that, there's not really that much to consider. Um, and we know who's good here. Last year, we were a Miami podcast. And we're, we're not leaving them behind. But I think this year, we're a, Se- we're a Seahawks podcast. Are we? Are we? Interesting. Okay. Seahawks podcast. We're, we're I'm with ready. it. I'm with it. <laughs> the boom is coming. I'm down with. I'm down with it. Just, just to apologize to Pete Carroll for my sheer disrespect <laughs> last year, um, in As which I thought, in which I thought, Russell Wilson was the driver of success. What was the was the guy? And I wrong. was just. I I did not ride. I was wrong. <laughs> um, he but, rode and then it broke down. Right, one, one last thing to say. Actually, I have one more thing to say about the Seahawks. It's going to sound gross, but just because of the pure, sheer genius of Pete Carroll, should Drew Locke be rostered? I know Drew Locke has been horrible in the NFL, but Pete Carroll clearly has a bit of a tendency to be a quarterback whisperer. So if you're able to have... Drew Locke on your roster, and he plays some games. Could his value increase? Could he unlock some potential? I mean, you have to think, too. I mean, supposedly these two guys were in a camp battle all year last year. And yeah, I mean, nah. They definitely I mean, maybe were. that was coach speak, but he competed with Gino, who then went out and balled. So, yeah. But I, do I don't think know. he could be rosterable. I mean, in, in at least, you know – not anything under 12 man leagues i wouldn't roster him and even 12 man leagues i'd still want to have a fairly deep bench of like 20 plus probably from rostering <laughs> i need to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the only thing i was gonna add was yeah Pete Carroll is a great, great coach, but um he's not jesus <laughs> he, he can't he can't he can't revive drew Locke's career like that i don't think drew Locke is what he is. I don't I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. He's no Geno Smith. Geno is just a dog. He had that dog in him. Geno is a dog. Dog. Do, you, do you remember Gino, Gino in college? Do you yeah, remember was really what fun. Gino was like in college? Oh, he was West Virginia. freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was like the best offense in college football history. So Geno Smith, Davon Austin. Yeah, yeah. Stedman Bailey. Electric. Stedman Bailey. Uh, that team was insane. Right. 
All right, let's get to our next team and final team, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, speaking of teams and what we know, and we know who they are, the 49ers probably have the most easily identifiable identity in the NFL. Um, they love to run the ball, Kyle Shanahan's system, a zone running in, kill the running backs, and then he finds really uh, smart ways to get his skill players open. Um, you know, big questions here are the quarterback room. Um, obviously, who's going to be playing? They brought in Sam Darnold. They have Trey Lance coming off injury, and they have Brock Purdy, like, ascension to relevance. Uh, I think the wide receiver room is pretty straightforward. Uh, Debo, good. Ayuk's a dog. Uh, I think there's a chance that Ayuk takes a step forward and becomes the alpha this year. And then uh, tight ends, George Kittle, not too much behind that. Um, Jared, uh, what are your opening thoughts about the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, another great offense. Uh, I think, I mean, just kind of those little blurbs. I think everybody sort of knows a lot about these players. Uh, Really all around fantastic players who come with injury risk, right? Um, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, uh, and, you know, Ayuk's been on and off sort of in the doghouse more than injuries, but just so many injuries to go around on this team with all of their star players that it it's really the only thing that in the QB battle is the only thing holding their ADPs from exploding because these guys are all studs, uh, all elite players at their position. Uh, obviously, you know, a guy like Christian McCaffrey is still going in the first round. Um, or I guess early second um, in Superflex startups right now. Um, st- still, you know, the guy you think is the Q or the RB1 every week. Um, but I just can't stop trying to get more pieces of Trey Lance. I, I don't know. I just feel like uh, you don't give up on the third overall pick. We'll see, obviously, what happens. I'm willing to be wrong here, but the value right now of Trey Lance is so diminished. You, I just feel like he has there's so much potential for him to pop off he was drafted 12 spots over justin fields and justin Fields is now the ninth pick ish in startup drafts um maybe the 10th uh and trey lance has has that potential i'm not saying trey lance is going to be but at the start of their career they were drafted in the same year and people were drafting them back to back in startup drafts and if trey lance is anything this team is extremely effective this offense is extremely effective kyle shanahan can get everybody open uh they have all those playmakers like we mentioned um and his rushing ability the sky's the limit for fantasy football the draft capital is still there in everyone's mind and they'll completely forget about the injury if he has one good season and that one good season could win you the title just this year because you get him so late and then you also have a guy who's now young and worth maybe close to second or first round startup pick. So I can't stop trying to get Trey Lance. If it doesn't work out for me, it doesn't work out for me. But this team is just so good and he has the draft capital and he just hasn't been able to see the field yet. But uh, he's a guy that is a league winner, a a value changer on your team if he hits. So uh, I love the value on him right now. I'm trying to get him every single place I can. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm super excited for this 49ers team. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Uh, I'm, it's, it's such a tough situation to interpret. I mean, 
I think the most important piece for all of us, for everyone right now, is the quarterback situation. Um, Perlman, I I can understand where you're coming from just because, like, I was super in on Trey Lance last year. I was drafting him everywhere, um, and that didn't work out. So maybe it's just, like, I've been bit by him, and, like, I don't want to fall back into that same thing because Brock Purdy looked pretty phenomenal last year. Um, it's just the same player but cheaper, you know? It's nice. It's very true. It's very true. Um, he was the situation the has changed. never good. <laughs> He's barely played football. <laughs> yeah, but not playing doesn't mean you're not good. Just haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's tough. I was so excited uh, for Trey Lance, um, but like I'm, I want to still be super excited, and I want to continue to draft him. Um, I've kind of cooled on him recently. I was taking him a bunch in best ball uh, back in like May. I don't think I've drafted him a single time in June yet, um, just because like it's based off like everything that they're saying, it's like, okay, Brock Purdy's gonna be the starter when he's healthy. Seems like Brock Purdy's kind of ahead of schedule, so he should be throwing once training camp starts. So I think we'll, we'll really start to, uh, I guess, solidify who the starter's gonna be once training camp hits. But I guess if that news comes out, Trey Lance's price is gonna skyrocket. Um, so if you are a believer in Trey Lance, you should definitely go out and get him right now. Um, because the second that the hype starts building around Trey Lance again, we've seen how quickly that rocket can take off because um, his value skyrocketed last season with uh, all of the buzz around training camp. He was going, what, like seventh round, sixth, seventh round in best ball last year. Like, that was just a crazy rise for a player that hadn't done it before. Um, and I kind of envision that same sort of path like for Anthony Richardson. As soon as like the training camp buzz like all starts, he's going to like shoot up to like sixth, seventh round in best ball too. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we're not talking about anything interesting today. But, um, yeah, I mean, this entire offense is going to be phenomenal no matter who the quarterback is. Like, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, they're all going to eat. They're all going to be – this offense is going to be so good. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, so we're used to seeing how dominant this offense can be. Uh, this defense is going to still be dominant. Um, so it's going to be the Niners and the Seahawks for sure uh, for the title in this division. I still like the Seahawks. Um just because like everything seems pretty solidified there. Um, just We don't know who the quarterback for the Niners is going to be. But, I mean, just the fact that they are the favorites still, even though we don't know who their quarterback is going to be, just kind of speaks to how impressive this entire team is from top to bottom. Um, so if Trey Lance can be that guy, that really ascends this offense, this entire team, like into that Super Bowl contending tier. I'm kind of of the mindset, though, of like, I don't really want to buy any of these quarterbacks, except maybe Darnold. Because I, I I am that's a crazy take. Well, it's not that I. It's not that I, I think I'll give you a seventh them. round pick. I know we, we don't have. It's those. not that I don't want them. I just don't want to buy them at their current price because I think a lot of owners are going to be thinking that they have a starter on their hands, and that's fair to assume. I think, and I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, like, I, so I, I think they're going to value them that way. The people who own Trey Lance are extremely scared like uh rohan in our 14 man league he owns trey lance um i offered him kenny pickett for trey lance and he like sat on it for a while um and once he ended up wanting to do it i pulled the deal and i was just like oh just, i'm just gonna stick with kenny pickett this year um so maybe that'll be a mistake but i'm i feel a little bit more comfortable having kenny pickett on my team where i've 
literally no there's i have nothing of value on that team so like if trey lance ends up being nothing then my team is just utterly screwed um i at least know kenny pickett's going to be a starter this year and he, he should maintain value and kenny pickett actually is my quarterback breakout this year but we'll get that's to that the perfect opportunity to shoot for the moon your team is the worst in the league you might as well see if you have one i don't want points later. though I don't want points. Still the worst in the league. I need Caleb. Your team is still the. Your team is. I need Caleb. I was pissed. Your team is straight dog water. Whether you had Trey Lance or not, or whether he's a star or not. Uh, I need Caleb and Marvin. 101, 102 next year. Nah, nah, nah. Cool. Don't do that to me. Yeah, I've never really been a huge Trey Lance guy, as we've talked about, and. Another another guy I don't really want to buy and I'd actively be selling if I had him is Devo Samuel. Um, he's 27 years old. He's going to be 28 at the end of the year. Um, and, you know, I think now that they've had Ayuk emerging and also the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, I think both those things are just kind of taking away Devo's role. Um, and, I mean, we saw it in the numbers last year, but also just in practice. I mean, Debo has never really been like, you know, your typical, your traditional um, good receiver. You know, he's more of like a, a bully type. Um, not, I don't want to say gadget guy, because I think that undermines uh, who he is, but just not someone who seems to be like, I don't know. It just, I, I think that he needs touches to make, to make his success like much where it's been in the past. And he's just not going to get those touches anymore. And then all of a sudden he's going to be 29 and you're like, Oh shit. He's put up like two wide receiver three years in a row. And I could have gotten a first in uh, 2023. So I, I, I'm of the mindset of moving off Debo. Um, I'm not really looking to acquire him anywhere. Uh, and especially with the iffy quarterback situation, I mean, Purdy wasn't really feeding him all too much. I don't think last year. And then who knows what, Trey Lance's tendencies will be. Uh, I mean, what say what you will about Trey Lance. I think Brock Purdy makes that offense tick a bit better in terms of the passing game. Uh, Trey Lance will occupy some of the some of that time with his running. So I I don't know. I'm just not huge on Debo, and I'd be looking to sell him if I could or package him up with something else to get uh, someone a bit better. Now that Debo still has some name value. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I sold Debo uh, midseason last year. Um, just because he's one of those guys that has the name value, and I was able to get Drake London in a second. Um, although it was in a that was uh, wild though a, a very odd circumstance. Um, because Garmer left that sitting in my inbox for like three weeks, and after they got Christian McCaffrey, I was like, oh, well, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, uh, Christian, my McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey had been on the team for like two weeks, so um, he, he had, he had all the, the, it's his he had all the chance to to rescind it. Um, 100% Jack's fault. But he also dropped like 12 people during our few leagues. So, sorry. On yeah. Yeah. Had there. And Sleeper, <laughs> gives you like, Sleeper gives you like that little notification that says you have a trade out. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I know. know no one ever responds to my trades. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different things that uh, Jack could have uh, prevented that trade from happening. But um, happy to get rid of uh, Debo and get, um, I guess I got uh drake london and marvin mims for that so love that um and love brandon that's Ayuk. not going to be your typical deal <laughs> no it definitely won't uh, but <laughs> i I'll think if you it. get a i think if you get like a first a 24 first for debo i think i would do that um yeah that's that's pretty solid that first is more liquid too and 
Yeah, I, I would do that. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I love Ayuk. Uh, I think he's going to really ascend this year. A lot of what's coming out of OTAs, they all think that Brandon Ayuk's really going to ascend as well. Uh, George Kittle on, I uh, can't remember whose podcast, uh, basically said Brandon Ayuk is looking to disrespect whoever's guarding him every single play. Um, so I think it was the Reception Perception podcast. Yes, you're right. You're right. It was the Reception Perception podcast. He's going out there to disrespect whoever's guarding him. Yep. And I love that for my receivers. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's exactly what you want to see from your, your top receiver or, or anybody on your team. That's that's hype. Yeah, he's basically unguardable. Uh, Debo said you can't guard him in a phone booth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Brandon Ayuk is my, uh, one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I have him on a few teams, but I'm trying to get him in other places where I don't have him. Um, he's, he's a lot of fun, and I really expect him to take a big step this year and really – get kind of the respect that he deserves. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I think that, you know, those are all good points. Debo getting older, but I do think Kaiser is uh, disrespecting Debo a little bit. He doesn't need to yeah, get ramped right. up. Like, <laughs> he's a yak he just guy. gets touches because he's amazing and he's a yak monster. Like they give him touches because he's a fucking nah, I'm a hater. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to come back to bite you, too. (laughs) Probably. Go buy Debo Samuel. You heard it here. I'm not saying that. It's like I actually have just like 75% of Debo in best ball. I'm I'm just hating on him for that. That'd be a classic Kai's move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to hedge. You got to hedge any way you can. Oh, yeah. Hedge, hedge by talking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either I was right on the podcast for a million dollars. Both are of equal value. <laughs> so true. All right. Do we have um, any, any, uh, uh, any last uh, thoughts? About... I could touch on Elijah Mitchell real quick. Uh, oh, just, yeah. I do I, want to talk about this running back room. Go yeah. Ahead. I mean, I do think he is the backup there in San Francisco. Elijah Mitchell was very effective. I think when he uh, was given the opportunity, he was a good runner in their zone scheme. And uh, yeah, I mean, they drafted Tyrion Davis Price last year too. And he just immediately was like, yeah, a bum. Uh, Jordan Mason was undrafted and now is their third string apparently. So good for him, but I don't think he will hold a candle to Elijah Mitchell. Uh, so if Christian McCaffrey goes down, I think he'd be the guy that took the spot. But then again, he's also injury prone and we've seen the 49ers lose a million running backs. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but I do think Jordan, it, it would go in that order of Elijah and then Jordan, and then maybe they bring somebody else in before they let Tyrion oh, get no. shot. You're, you're forgetting about uh, my sleeper running back, Kalen LeBorn. Yeah, Kalen LeBorn. We are Marshall. Number one rate, uh, rated running back in the 2017 running back recruiting class. Uh, went to Florida State, um, ended up tearing up his knee there. Uh, and so he ended up transferring to Marshall. And then this past year uh, was 10th in the nation in rushing yards, uh, 1,300 rushing yards. Uh, don't have how many touchdowns he had, but it was quite a few. Uh, he has kind of that prototypical bell cow size at 5'11", 215. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, he's another one of those undrafted guys that goes to the Niners. And the Niners always seem to find those diamonds in the rough uh, sort of running backs. The third round picks never hit. So, you know, Tyrion Davis price is never going to work out. Trey Sermon, he's dead. Uh, but it's all about Elijah Mitchell. It's all about Kalen LeBourne. Um, so I'm excited to see if he can make the roster. And if he can, that's going to be a lot of fun. They had Jordan Mason. He was an undrafted guy last year. 
he ended up getting a decent amount of touches and he looked pretty good. Um, so LeBorn could hey, something this year. You know who else went to Florida State and transferred to Marshall? Randy Moss. Really? So go go by Kalen LeBorn. I just I I was literally just looking. I was like, yeah, Randy Moss went to Marshall. So I was gonna make that joke, and I was like, wait, where did, where did Randy Marshall transfer from? Randy Marshall, Randy Moss transfer from, and it would happen to be Florida State. So. By Kalen LeBorn. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, this Randy be like a beach. That doesn't sound right to me. No, it's right. I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. I mean, unless I'm reading it wrong. He's from West Virginia. He's from I've, Grand West Virginia. Okay. When I look up his college stats, it shows one year at Marshall, but I'm pretty sure it was like a JUCO before. No, he never played because he uh, he went to a JUCO, I think, and then went to Florida State, and then yeah. redshirted the year and never played, and then he uh, got. He had to serve a jail sentence, and while he did that, he tested positive for marijuana, violated his probation, and dismissed from Florida State. Okay, wow. never played. Yeah, hey. every day. Yeah, this is yeah. this is a wild, wild story, Randy. I'm gonna tweet this out afterward. Be like, you know who else transferred from Florida State <laughs> to, to Marshall? <laughs> Best running back of all time, Jalen Labor. It's it's the Florida State to Marshall pipeline, man. <laughs> it's proven. It's proven. Hundred percent. Wait, and then to California because he went to the Raiders first, right? Is that right? Dude, no, oh, he, he went to the Vikings. Vikings he went to the Vikings. Yeah, he got drafted by the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God damn it. We can say it from the narrative. Can we just lie and say LeBorn is from West Virginia? <laughs> oh, man. Just lie. All right, so now by Randy Moss. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this guy, but he's a beast. Might not yeah. score many fantasy points this year, but he has a history of it. Yeah. Monster. You never know. Goodbye, low. You could. Where's Randy? Remember Thad Moss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, well, yeah, I think right I now? drafted him in like a fourth round a couple of years ago. <laughs> I, think he, I think he went to the Bengals, but I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Well, yeah, he went to the Bengals, oh, but then he was on the Commanders for a year too, or maybe he was on maybe, our team for know. 2020. He's on the yeah. Birmingham Stallions right now. Hey, oh, hell yeah. Birmingham Stallions, the USFL. You can get to AB's team. Grinding with AB. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Arena Football League. <laughs> uh, true. I'd be so bummed if my dad was Randy Moss and I was not in the NFL. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right, I got well, one question for you guys before, yeah, before we close out, um, since we have a little bit of time. Um, so I've been thinking about this. If if the Cardinals are like 0-6 through six weeks, do you guys think Kyler comes back and actually plays, or do you think they just sit him the, the rest of the year? Um, and then if they have the 101 next year, this is a two-part question. If they have the 101 next year, do they – Keep Kyler and trade the pick, or do they draft Caleb Williams and trade Kyler? What do you guys think? Probably get more for the pick, honestly, because of all the hype he's getting. As long as he has, you know, the season we expect him to have, Caleb Williams. Um, especially if Kyler didn't play the whole year, like they'd probably get a shit ton. Like you're, we're talking like at least three first round picks and like an all-star caliber player, I'd say, uh, if you're, especially if it's a team outside the top three. Um, so it would be interesting. I think the Cardinals would be smart to trade the pick uh, rather than Kyler uh, because they could probably turn around easier with the capital, I think, and quicker with a, an already established QB. And Kyler already proved that he is a very good player. 
uh, an elite player, in my opinion. Um, and they gave him a big money, so it's going to be harder to move that contract. But I do think if they were 0-6, I still think they'd let him play because I think the team would have proved just in general that they suck. And there's probably not going to be too many 0-6 teams. Uh, so I would guess they're already at least one or two games behind everyone, and they don't expect to win too many games, even with Kyler, honestly. So, uh, yeah. I think I think he would still. They may, you know, I, they wouldn't rush him back. They'd, he'd probably wait till maybe week ten or so. Um, if even if they were like zero and six, I'd say they'd wait a few weeks. But I don't think he's going to sit the whole year. I think they'll have him play, and then you know they can't stop him from playing well. He can go out there and score fantasy points. Maybe just not win them the game. So, also, Guys. I'm looking at the Cardinals schedule uh, just to start the year. They play the we play them week, week one. one. Let's go. Let's go. They're going one and oh. Seventeen. But it goes Commanders, Giants, Cowboys, 49ers, Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't see a lot of wins in there. there. <laughs> um so so yeah, um if they do go 0 and six or whatever the number positive is, um I mean I don't really think I, I think it, oddly it means Kyler's gone then, right? Like, do you think they would? If they're drafting Caleb Williams first overall, and therefore they're not playing Kyler for the rest of the year to tank. Well, like they can trade well, I guess, guys. They would yeah, a lot but would stuff. they do that though? Well, that's the question, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I'm asking. That's like, what, yes. Oh, I the, thought you were asking my opinion. To play Kyler. Uh, oh. Well, it was a two-part question. It was, do they play oh, Kyler okay. if they start off 0-6? And then if they do get 101, do they trade Kyler and draft Caleb Williams? Gotcha. Or do they trade the 101 gotcha. and get Kyler? If they start 0-6 and, and it looks like they have a clear path to the 101, like the team's shit, it's not just been bad luck or whatever, I, I think that they should bench Kyler and then trade Kyler. Because if you can get... Caleb Williams, who's as good as he projects and is as hype as everyone is on him, uh, on a rookie deal, which is a huge, a huge thing. Uh, yeah. You could just stack talent around him. Uh, I mean, I think that's probably the best process to go for. Um, it's going to be probably tough to move Kyler's contract. You know, it's not really going to be the hottest commodity. Someone will pay it though. Someone, Someone will, will though. I would, I would want if I like. I'm a Washington fan. You know, I'd want. I'd want. Uh, the yeah, but to pay that price. What if yeah, they, you know, traded the you know one one to the Commanders and got Terry McLaurin, Chase Young, and the next like three first round picks from the like because they're you're not getting that much for car for yeah. Kyler contract. But like you Kyler, can, yeah, do you think do Kyler Murray is that like? Do you think he's capable of winning a Super Bowl? That's not with that team, but yeah, I mean he's a he's a he's very accurate. He's a very accurate. Like throw over the football, and he like, also even like, that season, he started off thirteen and zero, or thirteen and one. Like they the were so good that hard, one year, bro. He was still like it was still Cliff King, Cliff Kingsbury. That team that's was true. Still that's true. I guess like, we'll have to see was, how this coach is. He got You're Cliff right. like a fucking like. Uh, I, I I need to know Cliff's contract. He got Cliff a shit ton of money, <laughs> and then it, it, Cliff got his ass fired. Cliff's big chilling <laughs> yeah. in that weird ass house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's in like what, like Thailand now? Or I guess he was in Thailand. I don't know where. Oh he's yeah, at. wasn't he taking like time off? Yeah. 
He's gonna go yeah. back to like some cushy Big Twelve job and a Big Ten job and just like a job in the NFL somewhere. in one year. Like, come on, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, we never liked Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, oh, he, okay. He's an assistant coach at USC now. He already signed a, a deal. So oh, he's yeah. he's coaching Caleb Williams now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he's gonna ruin um. Actually, no, he didn't ruin Mahomes. So uh, I don't he think that Mahomes there's his college career. Yeah, he's just good at finding good quarterbacks. He's like, this kid's a beast. I'm gonna go hitch my wagon to that. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> tie my whole career to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, Mahomes? Of uh, NFL coaches. <laughs> I didn't know Kingsbury played in the NFL. He did. Yeah, when? he was on the pa- he was on the Patriots when they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. God damn it! He's what? Got a ring. What? Yeah. What? What did he, he was play? A quarterback. He was, he was he a backup se- quarterback. He's got seventeen career passing yards. Hog. Oh. Damn. <laughs> That's my key. He he knows how to do it right. Just like it's like the classic like be the backup quarterback behind like a dude who never gets hurt and is like a star. Who's the backup quarterback behind Tom Brady? You, you you just rake in money and never have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I think he was – you might have been, like, the fourth string. I don't know any of these guys that were behind him, so. Yeah, behind he probably Brady, wasn't yeah. even the backup, honestly. I feel like probably would recognize if he was the backup. He probably was garbage, god-awful, 17 <laughs> career yards. That, that's the way to move. That's the way to be a quarterback in the NFL right there. How long was his career in the NFL? It's honestly, like, the Wikipedia page is so – brief about it that like i think that kind of answers it so he was selected in the sixth round by the patriots got it looks hurt. like in 2005 that's when he got his 17 yards on one completion he had two attempts and he played for the jets then he was in the nfl europe and then the canadian football league hell yeah <laughs> dog wow Guess who the starting quarterback was for the Jets in the game that Cliff Kingsbury got his one completed pass? Chad Pennington. Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde. Damn. Damn. They're playing the Broncos against Jake Plummer. That's a throwback. I think Vinny Testaverde's son is coming up right now. 27-0. Really? Vinny Testaverde Jr. He is the quarterback at Miami. Oh uh, no! Never mind. He he played in te- at Texas Tech, Miami, and then now he's in the XFL. <laughs> Next um, up, Vinny Testaverde Jr. Damn, <laughs> pick him up. And always have it. <laughs> Is he on sleeper? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> he's twenty six. Right, I, I think we could go ahead and just you know end it here. <laughs> he was um, we're talking about Vinny Testaverde Jr. <laughs> he is in sleeper. He's in sleeper. Let's go. He's in sleeper. <laughs> yeah. Vincent Testaverde. He's 25. Alter ego. Ownership percentage is zero percent. Oh. Hey, we drafted two dudes on our on our big game team that was zero percent owned. Yeah. Hey, you gotta uh, send it. Yeah. No sir. All right, let's wrap go this pick up. Them up. I think we did it. All right, yeah, yeah. We, we can do this. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's a fun one. Got some good insights in there, some good rambling in there as well, a um, bit more than usual. But appreciate it, everybody, and check back in with us next week. Peace.